0: Hi, I'm Dan Cottrell, editor of Rugby Coach Weekly. You're about to jump into one of our podcasts. If you want to find out more about this podcast and also all of the great content, drills, activities, games and advice on the website, then go over to www.rugbycoachweekly.net. I hope you enjoy the podcast.
1: Be the best rugby coach you can be. Welcome to Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast with Head Coach Dan Cottrell, where you learn hints and tips from the rugby coaching community. Let's get started.
0: Hello and welcome to the Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast with me, Dan Cottrell. I am delighted to welcome onto the pod, Jacob Ford. So welcome to the podcast, Jacob. Thanks for having me. So... um, we are going to ask some questions about Jacob's journey and uh, some of his thoughts around coaching. So uh, you've had quite a busy uh, coaching life so far for someone who is so young. So Jacob, just give us a little bit of an introduction to where you're at and how you got there.
1: Yeah, so currently head of rugby at um, Ipswich School um, and I'm also a director of rugby and a head coach at uh, Bury St Edmunds. Uh, rugby club which compete in National 2 South, um, both Suffolk based, um, you know, uh, Bury and, and Ipswich. Uh, previously, uh, was with Westcliff, um, director of rugby down there, National 2 as well uh, for two seasons. And previous to that, uh, was working at Loughborough University as a performance um, rugby coach. Um, and that's pretty much where my um, you know, performance rugby journey started, and I was a bit of a player coach before that. And um, you know, worked at another school up north and experienced America for a little bit, uh, bounced around. Uh, but yeah, I've been coaching for for five years, and I'm, I'm only 23 years old, so I'm very much at the start of that that journey. Um, yeah, and I'm excited to see what the you know next couple of years it ha- has in store. Well, obviously, you're not going to be dis- necessarily defined by
0: age and experience so we'll probably dig into that as we go along. Um, Now I'm going to give you a a few questions which uh, I think you were pleased to receive but we'll see as we go along. So the first one is results are a key metric to the success of a head coach. Can a good coach make excuses for a performance either over a season or for a match?
1: Yeah it's it's an interesting one. I think the first thing that I'll say is, is you can never hide away from results I don't think especially as a uh, as a program lead or as a as a, a director or head coach I think results speak volumes um, I think it's how you look into the results though that you know probably define you know the success or, or or you know you you go into the performance of it and I've had lots of experience with that I think I had a very tough year at Loughborough where the expectations were you know trying to stay in a a league um and then going to Westcliff where you know you had very limited resources uh, you know you you didn't spend any money on players compared to lots of other teams in the league um you you know it was just completely different setup and I think that's where me as an individual you you put pressure on yourself to get results but ultimately you know the performance has got to come before that you know what I mean so you know you got to See, see your team showing improvements each week and then the results will come. Um, and, and, you know, that will speak volumes for, you know, how you're developing as a group and, and the direction you want to go in. And that, that's incredibly important. And it's, again, this year with, with Barry St Edmunds is my first year there. Um, we've got high aspirations as a club, very high aspirations. We've got fantastic backing and support from above. So, that, you know, it's almost flipped on its head a little bit where, you know, results do matter um, and it's how you get them. You know, it's not, you know, you can play some brilliant rugby and brilliant performances, which we were doing at the beginning of the year, but probably weren't quite getting the results. And I think our development as a group has shown, especially in the second half of the season, that, you know, you start to pick up those results when you start to, you know, dig deeper into your identity and, and how you go about your your business on the pitch. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately you are responsible for results. It's just how you look at them and, and, and how you justify them, really. So you come off a... Uh... Um A defeat
0: um, and there are a, a variety of reasons. when you are carrying the can at the top, inevitably you probably look at yourself first. Um, I've just uh, more recently um, commentators have said, well, we need to look at the players as well how, how do you How do you tell a player that they need to that it was their fault if, if it
1: is was their fault? Yeah, it's a difficult one. I think I've definitely found, you know, especially with the, um, you know, the modern player or the, you know, the the youth player coming through or whatever. That you've got to be careful how you deliver that information, you know, and and, and feedback. Um, you know, it ca- it can be quite detrimental to to their, um, you know, performance or or their, um, you know, how how they're sitting and, and within a group. Um, but yeah, I think. You know, ultimately, I'm I'm quite black and white, and I think the players, uh, you know, especially at the start of the season, and understanding me um, is takes time to, to get used to that. That I'll probably just say how it is, and and it doesn't necessarily mean, uh, you know, there's emotion behind that, or you know, there's, um, you know, I don't, you know, back you to 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 get better, or you know, go in a certain direction. I think it's important that you know this is where we're at. You know, this is how I see it. This is what we got wrong, but this is how we get better. Um, and we're going to help you with that. Um, and I think if you can be very crystal clear in that delivery and very to the point and, you know, you don't fluff around it and you don't brush it up in a certain way where it actually sounds, you know, it's actually, oh, you said I played bad, but you kind of said I played good as well. And, you know, just just tell them, you know, I just that's my approach with it. And it, it, t- it took time for the players to get used to that, you know, and, and especially the second half of the season, they understand that, yeah, you know, you know, Fordy said I played pretty poorly at the weekend and, you know, me dropping the restart led to that try, which he is right about it. And that was a turning point in the game. Um, you know, we're going to get better at it. You know, that kind, that kind of, you know, philosophy. I think it's the the ones that frustrate me is the ones where you, you know, you say, listen, this is what, you're not getting right. You know, this is what we need to do to get better. And ultimately you don't put in the hard work or you don't change your mindset around that. Or there's a bit of... Um, you know, you don't quite fully accept that as a player. You know, you don't accept that, you know, judgment. Uh, those are the difficult ones that you you almost need to, you know, show the evidence. And, and nothing's better than sitting them down and, and actually showing them with the, the footage and stuff. You can't hide away from it. Um, and, you know, as soon as you're honest with each other, and you can move forward. So you are sometimes
0: sitting down with a player who's played 15 uh, 15- 15 years at this level and you are saying, look, this is where you go wrong. That must be quite a difficult conversation uh, to have. I mean, no matter what your experience, how do you open, up that up, open that up to a very experienced player? How do you open the conversation up to help them maybe
1: change their mindset? I think it starts off with, the, you know, you go back to the beginning of the journey where you start to develop relationships with players, you know you you you've gotta especially you know, we'll come to this with the the age that I'm at and you know they've only had whatever five years experience of coaching um you know you've got to you've got to show them you got to sell them the journey you know of where we're going um I understand that Barry St Evans played a certain brand of rugby before I got here rightly or wrongly they got some success from that but ultimately this is the direction we're going in I need you on board with it and sometimes that takes you know a couple of months or. You know, a bit of time to, to, to get the, especially the more experienced leaders of the group on board with that. Um, but as soon as you do, then those conversations are incredibly easy because you, you bought into a certain way of playing a certain direction that you want to go in as a club and as a group. Um, and then there's just no there's no excuses. You know, there's just yeah, everyone's on board with it. And I call it a commitment based culture and something that we've we're developing pretty hard at Berry is you know we we want to be a selfless group of individuals um you know that work incredibly hard do their job to the best of their ability um you know, you know it's my job to you know, to make sure that the tactics are right and the, the leaders and the playmakers of the group are, you know, putting in the principles and the way we want to go about the game plan of the week and all that kind of stuff. Everyone else just just cracks on and, and, and does the best and, and makes sure they're physically fit and all that kind of things. And, you know, that takes time as well. And we're, we're starting to see the, the, the benefits of that now towards the end of the season. And that's probably why I'm excited for, for next season. Um, but yeah, I suppose as well, it's how you deliver that information to a you know player that's had 100 caps for berry um you know that they're they're not quite playing how i want them to or you know not performing as well and i always go back to you know say listen we want to play this way and to play this way i need you to do x y and z as an individual and at the minute you're not doing x y and z so it doesn't quite align with what we are playing philosophy or the way we want to go about our business as a club which we agreed at the beginning of the year and if you keep going back to that and you keep saying well you know it makes sense for you to, to get better at these things for these reasons then then actually the player goes well i can't get out of this you know he <laughs> he actually makes a lot of sense here and and you know i will get on board with it how how do you change or do you change when you step into your school role yeah school roles um incredibly dif- different to to the to the club role um you know i love i, I didn't think i didn't want to go back into schools i'm gonna be honest um and Ipswich said, you know, they'll back me and, and they'll back, you know, the programme and they'll give me, you know, you know, whatever I wanted really to succeed. Um, and I think, you know, players at the school, they like sponges, you, you, you can give them so much information as, as, a, as a young athlete because they're so aspirational and they, and they want to go and achieve, you know, brilliant things and play at the highest level. They'll just take on so much information. You can, you can throw a lot at them and there's no egos really. Um, so it's almost you know, managing how much information you give them and how much training time you give them. And, you know, they're like, they're like spring bunnies sometimes, you know, you just <laughs> got to calm them down a little bit. And, you know, probably at the club, the difference is you've, you've got to motivate players who've probably had a long day at work who are coming to training and they've got a lot of other things going on in their lives. It's not just about school. Um, so it's very, very diff- different in terms of my approach. Um you know, probably less is more at the club, <laughs> and more is probably better at better at the school with, with with the kids, and and really, you know, every every move you make as a because they, they look up to you as a, a a you know role model, a leader, you know at the school. They really do think, you know, especially with my age and the coaching team I've got are all pretty pretty young as well. It's natural that they think of us as well. Oh, you know, we want to be. You know, we want to be where they've been with playing career, if not better. Um, so everything you do, every move you make, every conversation you have, every training session you you participate in, they're watching you like a hawk. And you know, I mean, they're they're naturally going to follow in those footsteps and you know have those characteristics and traits. So I try and you know make sure that you know I want I want them to be tough individuals and understand that as soon as they leave school you know, if they've got these things in place, then they'll actually go pretty far in no matter what they do. Um, so that, that that's something that I try and instill in them with my behaviours um, around the school. Um, and I'm quite conscious of that, I'm quite self-conscious of it. Um, and at the club, it's probably different because you, you've you probably got someone who you can't mould um, and that you can't shape, that you've almost got to try and, you know, move around a little bit to, to get what you want. At the school, you can pretty much... You know, make a an individual or a group play a certain way or act in a certain way within you know the the their growing up period at at the school. So that's all the stuff around uh,
0: the coaching and building relationships. How different is it when you step onto the the training field? Are the are the sessions enormously different, or
1: are they uh, they quite similar? I'd probably say they're actually quite similar. I'm you know I'm a pretty firm believer in the way. I go about things on the field, um, and how hard you know I train the players. Um, it's definitely something that's been a shock at very is, is, you know, how hard we train during the week and my, my expectations and the whole story I'm telling about around how I want the squad to be the, the fittest team in the league. And when we come to a training week next year, you should find it easy, and not this year where you've been managing your bodies to get through the week. Um, you know we want to play at such a high intensity and speed you know bring a lot of speed into the game and and all the, all those kind of things you know we've got to train like that and we've got to be you know we've got to instill those beliefs and philosophies during the week and it's very much the same at the school as well um you know is that we we, we train like this we play like this it, it's pretty simple at the end of the day in my mind anyway and and the more you can get the group on board with that and used to it then you know the more you can push on and 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 push the bar even higher in terms of your potential as a group um that's really important and and something that i'm i'm a pretty firm believer in um it's difficult at start you get a lot of pushback um you know like oh this is really hard or i'm feeling i'm feeling this little niggle in my body and all that stuff but you know ne- you never play rugby you know, I 100 I, you know i've never come across one player who's gone for <laughs> a season you know feeling absolutely fine or being every week, you know, you get halfway through the season, there's no way you're 100% fit as, as your body. It's just managing that and, and you know, pushing your limits so that actually come next season or, you know, come a couple of months' time, you, you, you feel in much better shape um, because you're you just constantly pushing the bar and the intensity you train at and your threshold, it just keeps going and going and going. Um, and, and that's the way, that's my philosophy of doing things. Um, it's not an easy ride at the end of the day, but... Um, you know, the, when you get on the pitch at the weekend, I, I want it to feel e- not easy for them, but comfortable. Where they know that they can they can up in a couple of gears, and and you know they can the training weeks actually put them in a really good place for for the weekend.
0: So you haven't been coaching for that long, but you will have changed a little bit uh, in the last five years of your coaching. What what's changed? What are you doing slightly differently this year that you
1: maybe not were doing two or three years ago? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. I, I I change probably every year, I think, you know, in terms of... I think the my, my way of playing the game and how I see see that, I don't think that changes. I think, you know, I do want to, you know, create as many opportunities as I can and, and create an environment that people want to be a part of. The bigger picture stuff, I don't think that changes, but I think the way, you know, going going about the game and, and ultimately how you get results, especially with the league we're in, I think that changes. You know, we... We definitely, I definitely look at things that now make a massive difference that at the start I think I could have got away with, uh, but you just can't. So, you know, coming out of your own uh, red zone, as I call it, coming out of your own half, you know, that's probably I spend 80% of my time on that at the minute because, you, you know, that's half the battle, you know, these days, putting yourselves in the right areas of the pitch so you can play the way you want to play. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, the discipline, spending a lot of time on that and being disciplined with the how we, how we defend... Um, you know, and actually just looking at, um, you know, how we go about, you know, being selfless and keeping it as simple as possible for the players. You know, even we spent a lot of time on defence recently. I keep going back to that, but, um, you know, keeping it really, really simple where it's almost when they're under fatigue in a game, you know, it's 20 minutes in or whatever, that they don't have to think too much, that they just do it. And, you know, you instill that really easily into them. And the less decision-making you can put on, you know the the soldiers of the you know there's some players in the group you know like the 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 tens and the nines and 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 whatnot that you can put a little bit more information into but the, the other boys you just the more or less decisions you can take away from them the more just do it and do it to the best of your ability then I find you get you know better results from that um, so that so that's probably where I've definitely changed this season. Could you give us a
0: little insight or is this uh, secret stuff on uh, exiting and defence?
1: Yeah, I think um I think coming out coming out of your red zone is my, my philosophy is definitely changed to to play to kick, you know, so let's still have that belief of what you know we want to play some really good rugby. But if you don't quite get what you want, you know, after that first phase or second phase, then wow, well, we do this. There's, there's no there's no um there's no debate about it. you know, we you know, we get out of the red zone by doing our kick sprint as we call it you know, front line of eight, you know, first 10 metres, all the things that don't require talent, we work incredibly hard on, you know, getting back to your feet, getting as far up the pitch as possible, you know, kick to compete focus, which we've done uh, pretty pretty recently. Um, just being really efficient more than anything, you know, not having too many, you know, options of what we do in that area, but actually what we do, we do it really well and we do it really efficiently. And that's something that we're, we're going to focus very hard on in, in pre-season, um, uh, especially
0: Right. So I'm, I'm thinking of this word efficient and um, people are, are picturing, trying to picture what efficient looks like. So if you say that we are being efficient, what is your measure of your, of efficiency? What what are you reducing
1: uh, the energy levels in? Uh, so you've got more energy for later. What- yeah, it's probably two things really. I think being efficient in terms of being accurate, you know, not making mistakes and, and ultimately, you know, uh, you know, if it's, converting opportunities in gold, for example, you know, in the 22, then it's coming away 50% of the time with points, um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, But the second thing is probably being efficient for me is, is doing things at speed. You know, how quickly can you, you know, you, you you transition into defense or how, how how quickly can you transition into your kick sprint setup and all that kind of stuff. And that's definitely something I've I've learned as the higher up the leagues you go, um, you know, the, you know, if you start at, you know, Division 1 or whatever and you're going up to the Premier League, probably the biggest difference in especially football is the speed at the game's played at. You know, it's the, that's probably the one thing that's most consistent in sport as a whole, I'd probably say. You know, you, you look at National 2 and you go all the way up to international rugby, the speed, the game, the, the game just gets quicker. That's all That's all it is really in a in a basic mindset. So uh, efficiency efficiency for me is the, the speed at which we can do the, the key attributes of the game or the... Or the principles that we put in place really and how do you train for that pressure I think you start off you start off with well this is what we do the mapping side of it and the understanding and the systems and putting people in place and as they start to understand that and they start to execute that with no pressure then right then, then you start to, to do it when they've got a defensive line in front of them or people putting pressure on them. Okay, they, they start to execute and be efficient in that area. Brilliant. Well, Then we start putting the contact element into it. You know, all right, can you do it in a very much a game situation? Brilliant, you can do that. Well, now you start doing it under fatigue and, and probably at a fatigue level, that's more than a game at the weekend. That's probably the, the last bit where you want to you get to is that, you know, you you do some bronchos, Broken Broncos, Malcolm's, you know, all these fitness things that I put in place. Right, now go and do it. You know, that kind of stuff where you you don't have time to think, you don't have time to speak, you know, you just do it, and you do it subconsciously without thinking at speed. You know, that's how I kind of build it up, you know, of, of doing things, you know, especially with, you know, our attacking reps. I put a lot of pressure on our, you know, our first three phases, especially our office free attacking sets in green in the game, you know, so putting pressure on them in training, under fatigue, you know, with contact game, game, you know, situations, then the better you'll become at it and, and the better they'll become at it at the weekend.
0: All right. So uh, I think a lot of people are thinking and thinking, right, I need to uh, up my efficiency as, as they listen to that. Okay. I take a slightly different um, line now. Uh, inevitably some people will look at your age and your family, we talked a bit about it when before we came online, and then question whether you are quali- qualified enough for your role. But uh, Westcliff and now Barry St. Edmonds and Ipswich have thought differently.
1: Why, yeah, interesting one. I think, um, you know. The- I've been coaching five years, but I'd like to think I've had lots of different experiences in those five years. Um, and I think that's the, the best part of coaching and the biggest learnings I have is actually by failing and, and understanding what you've done wrong and and you know putting your hand up and being honest and go, All right, yeah, well, this is what we're going to do differently. I think that approach always goes down well, is that actually I'm not perfect to not finish article, but you know what I'll give you is 100% commitment, 100% work, work ethic, um, you know, and, and that people can get on board with that. Um, it is difficult. It was difficult at the start, you know, where, you know, people go, oh, look, you, whenever I started coaching, when i 19, 20 or whatever, and go, oh, well, he hasn't played much rugby or, you know, he hasn't played in the premiership or, you know, all that kind of stuff. What, what, what does he know? Uh, my, my thing at the start was, well, just give me a chance. I'll show you, you know, kind of stuff. I'll, I'll make the game really simple for you. I'll explain the journey and the direction we want to go in. Um, and you can decide after that if you want to be a part of it and if you think I'm the right person. Um, ultimately, that's my approach I took, and some people jumped on board that. And, and, you know, I haven't got things right along the way, and I've never said I would, but I never said i will be perfect, but I'll say I'll definitely strive for, you know, perfection and and making sure that we get better and learn along the way, um, you know, to be the best versions, version of ourselves as a group and maximise our potential and my, my potential as a coach. So um, that's all I've ever promised. And I think, you know, um, going into these environments and the opportunities that I've got, um, as long as, you know, initially you, you, you work incredibly hard and you show the playing group and you show the, the committee or the people above you and all the stakeholders of the groups that you, you're going to work hard and what you're doing, you know, shows at the weekend in terms of performances and, and, and results. And, you know you you get people on board with a certain environment that you want to create then I think it's just a bit of a snowball effect that actually it just rolls it gets bigger and all of a sudden you're in a position where you've got a lot of respect from all different stakeholders because that initial two months three months you put in the hard work and you you almost you didn't come in with a an iron fist and go right we're doing this that you came in with an approach of right this is what you've been doing well, you know, let's 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 see where we're at, and and you know, keep things pretty simplistic, and work on the things that people can get on board with straight away. Show them how hard you're going to work, and then you just you just layer it. I just layered it all the way through, and now I'm in a position where, you know, I've I've got you know a lot a lot of people on board, a lot of respect, and now I can start to you know turn the screw a little bit on on certain areas, and 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 really start to make lots of strides in in in, position, in areas that I want to. You use hard work a lot as
0: uh, something that you want to do yourself and to show what are you doing
1: for the hard work oh, a, lot, a lot a lot of different things i think preparation is key you know planning ahead and and you know if it's as simplistic as a training week you you're reviewing the game at the weekend um, you're doing it on a sunday so i spend most of my sunday reviewing the game doing a stats page doing a completion page you know, putting the game on on a huddle with a screen record, and I think doing that on a Sunday when a lot of lads are relaxing, and on, on Sunday evening they can all, already watch the review of the game on the Saturday. That 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 shows that you know I'm committed and I'm, I'm willing to to do those things. And then on a Monday you you're planning the training week with your management team and making sure everything you know from a physio point of view, SNC point of view, coaching point of view, you know, you you've got everything aligned. You're planning the training sessions. It's all all done and the team meetings very efficient and it flows really well and and it's it's not long but it's short, it's sharp and it's the key points and key measurables that we've been talking about for a while. Um, you know, and then you it's just a big loop really, you know, you you show you on, on the training pitch that what you're doing makes sense and you know you can get people on board with it and you driving the intensity, you're constantly driving the standards and the habits that you want to create within a group. And then, you know, the game day at the weekend, it's just a big circle, you know, and the preview of the opposition's in the mix there as well and showing how much, you know, what we do, you know, and this is the evidence for doing it at the weekend or these are the opportunities we'll get. To be honest, I don't spend a lot of time on that compared to what I did at the start, but, you know, then I still think it's important, you know, that you can find examples of, of areas that you have been working on and. You know, this is the reason why, just selling it constantly selling it to the to the playing group. So I think that that that's the day-to-day work ethic side of it. But then you've got the, the bigger, longer term stuff like recruitment, very, very important, and showing everyone that you're you committed and work hard with that. Recruiting the right person is very important and something that I've been a big believer on. Um, you know, coming into the group, you know, managing the the different playing sections at a club or the different teams at the school um you know showing showing that showing them love and, and and showing them you know that you're not just top end focused. that actually the bigger picture stuff's really important and you're willing to work hard for that even if it's the little things like you know going going to an under 16 session at, at the club and you know showing and telling them the way you play because they look up to the first team at the club and you know this is how we want to do things and just showing the eight teams at the club, this is the opportunities you'll get in the future, you know, for you to stay involved in rugby um, and, you know, definitely at the school, you know, going, going down to the lower teams and, and, you know, empowering the coaches and helping them, you know, helping them, you know, deliver what they want to, and you're not telling them necessarily what to do, but just offering support. I think that shows a lot of work ethic and, you know, um, commit commitment. So that, that, that's how I kind of see it really. And, and mm-hmm. And yeah, it rubs off. So you, we talked, or you
0: talked a little bit about recruitment there. Uh, something that um, players in the club must fear is when you're off finding a player who's going to come in to challenge or take their place. So um, how do you help a current player understand that you need to go and find um, a player to play in their position?
1: Yeah, uh, it's a difficult one. I think at um, uh, Bury, there's definitely a, you know, recently in the, the past couple of years, there has been a case of, I think the lowest turnover of players in the last 10 years, I'm told 15 15, uh, coming in and out, which is a huge number. So it's something that I've been willing, you know, I want to change. And this is the group that I want to work with. I'm not going to bring in a lot of players, but it's pretty evident and, and obvious where we need a little, a little bit more depth in, in positions. Um, so, you know, for example, we've got, what well, we've got, we've got nearly six second roles, but five, you know, first team second roles. So I don't need to recruit in that position. If I brought somebody in that position, then there definitely would be a, a difficult conversation <laughs> to be had. You know, the best of the players well, like, well, "You don't think I'm good enough?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of stuff. Um, but you know, we 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 only have um, the two hookers at the minute, um, and one number eight. So those are key positions where you bring in depth and plays and get on board with straight away. You know, and and go actually, yeah, you know, this is good. Uh, But selling to the individual a little bit of, you know, competition is good. So initially it's a hard thing to get your head around, but actually if, if someone comes in in your position, the hairs come up on your back and actually you start training a little bit harder. And, you know, subconsciously you're thinking, oh, well, You know, he's pretty good over there, you know, overthinking things as a player and going, well, actually, you know, I I need to up my game a little bit there. I think that's brilliant. You know, I I really do think it is. And the more you can bring that into training, the better. But I think it's just a bit of a balance of not bringing too many in a certain position, you know, where where he goes, oh, well, I'm never going to get a look in here. And then your confidence goes. When actually, it's a really fine balance of, well, I'm in direct competition with him. know that that's a healthy relationship we can have and the coach has said it's a healthy relationship we can have and it's uh you know there's everything's out in the open and you just go and do it so that's tends to be my approach really Uh, but for the younger players we've got a very young squad at the club and and for those you know if you bring in someone who's got a lot more experience playing in different you know environments and playing at a lot higher levels and they're coming into the mix then that, that's that's a pretty easy sell because you go well listen you, this is a, a brilliant individual you can learn off and and, and get better at you know as, as, as you as a as a player um you know it's going to happen in your career and it's just you've got to jump at these opportunities and as long as you bring in the right person everything's everything's fine as soon as you start bringing in a grenade as i call them you know a, a culture killer a culture vulture or whatever then then you start having problems you know then you're like well you know especially if you start picking that player you know because then it's very difficult conversations to be had um so th- that that's the biggest challenge of recruitment because sometimes all you see is a CV and some highlights and whatnot and, and I'm, I'm, I always try and pick up the phone and, and try and understand why a player would want to come to Barry St Edmunds and and that's that's really important because they've gotta to fit in they've got to buy into this commitment based culture that we've created and creating and, and going forward with You've been. We've been talking some quite.
0: Uh, well, I say so deep questions, but very involved questions, uh, which coaches of many years will be struggling with. Um, now, we talked a little bit about your family. Inevitably, you're very lucky that you have uh, your father, who's uh, Mike, who's coached uh, internationally and been a director of rugby at uh, place like Bath. I know you speak to him regularly because he came on a podcast and we talked about it and uh, he, he certainly enjoys the conversations um, and he's obviously very proud of you. So which bits of advice that he's given you
1: have made a difference? Oh, <laughs> there's, there's, there's so much. I think the, the, even the little conversations you have uh, go a long way. You know, the experiences I'm having now as a coach you know, he's he definitely had in the past. Um, so, he, you know, he knows how to manage them and, and gives advice on what he did. Um, and it's not necessarily the right thing to do for me, but, you know, at least it goes, oh, well, well, you know, he, that's how he handled it. And, you know, it, it's just a nice sounding board, a really nice sounding board of, of the challenges that you face. Um, But yeah, the, the the best advice, you know, he, you know, he's probably ever given me in terms of actually coaching is, Probably two things, really, you know, keeping it really simple for the player and, you know, keeping them, you know, engaged that way that, you know, as a coach, sometimes you want to, you know, feel like you do everything, you know, this is a brilliant game plan, you know, there's 6,000 players that you can do here and we're going to do this, 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 this and this and blah, blah, blah. Well, actually, it's a bit of a detriment to the player. You know, actually, you you probably want them to do three things max as an individual and as a group. So, you know, keeping it that simple and driving that with intensity and, you know, probably going into a little bit more detail of those three things with the key players. Yeah, fine. You know, that's 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 important. But, um, you know, that, that's probably the the best thing I've learned is it's not about showing the players how much you can do and how much you can throw at them and whatever. It's actually how you can fine tune it and and, and really you know, narrow it down to a simplistic form where they can not have to think about it too much and they subconsciously done it during the week and the training weeks, so they just go and do it at the weekend, you know, all aligning with that kind of philosophy. Um, and Probably the second thing is, is, is probably man management, you know, that the, the man management of, of stakeholders, of players, you know, of, of parents actually at school and, and kids and, and teachers and all that kind of experiences that I'm having and there's something every week there's something every there's a challenge every week and i don't know what it is going into the week and i'm pretty used to it now but um and not you know he's, he's probably had that challenge before so um you know understanding you know how to treat people and how to manage people is, it's probably 90% of my job to be honest at the school and at the clubs so uh, you know te- coaching is probably 10% of it so um you know th- those are the biggest learnings and advice that i've had off him is how to to manage difficult or different individuals with different mindsets or, you know, emotionally different and all that kind of stuff is, is that, that's a huge learning and probably some right at the beginning of my coaching journey, I didn't quite realise, you know, now it's, it's, that's how I see coaching, to be honest.
0: Yeah. We, uh, we talked a little bit before the podcast about man management and you said, this is the biggest challenge. Um, I, it, it, it can be a bit of an age thing because um, you have there's a perception that you know what what does that person know uh, but once once that age thing is gone how are you changing the way that you manage people now in terms of the conversations you're
1: having with them uh, probably a little bit more uh, direct than it probably was at the start you know probably you know a little bit more well this is this is what we're doing you know kind of stuff and you know this is black and white and you know there's no real you know, conversations to be had. Um, it's more the more the comfort You know, giving players confidence and you know being honest with them and being brutally honest, more more brutally honest than it probably was at the start. Um, that's probably how it, how it's changed in terms of a, a, a man management. You know, side, side of things and 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 just getting them you know on board with it really. So brutally honest, and I'm interested by this term I can remember
0: uh, back in uh, just trying to think it was uh, the late 2000s when I was with the uh, Ospreys Academy group um, they talked about whether we should have honest conversations or not and there was there was half saying yes, we should tell it as it is and the others saying no, you've got to look after them because if you're too brutally honest they'll they'll be um, they'll, they'll struggle uh, what what? what does a brutally honest conversation look like, sound like, and why does it work?
1: Yeah, it's difficult. I think there's two ways you can go about it. You can either tell them, an, an, you know, a really pleasant lie that, you know, comforts them and they are oh, that, you know, that's nice to hear, you know, but, you know, he said, I played really well and I'm training really well. I'm in a brilliant position. Ah, oh, sounds brilliant. Oh, but that, that, that's not the case, you know? And then the other side of it is probably an unpleasant truth, you know, in, in 90 five percent of the time you know it's human nature that you, you're gonna to go towards the, the the things that sound good and make you feel better you know kind of stuff so you, you're gonna go that way um you know the unpleasant truth is is something that i think so necessary within a, an organization that want to move forward um you know i think it's it has to be done I think even with me even feedback on me i i, I want to be well just tell me you know just, i don't want to Fluff it around, just tell me, and then you can start to work together and 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 be honest with each other and move forward. Um, that that's how I kind of go about it. Is go yeah, listen, you you're not playing well, or you know you're not committed in these areas at the minute. And as long as you can back it up with evidence and facts, you know, for the player, then they go actually, yeah, he's got a lot of, you know, they still might not like it and they still might not mm. disagree, disagree with you, but the facts are the facts, you know, kind of stuff. And then it's the bit after it which is really important for me, is that how you manage that. Well, you've told them, you've, you've done the easy thing, you've done the thing they don't, right, now, now you've got to show support in helping them, you know, move forward together. You've got to show that you're emotionally invested in, you know, that that area of of development and, and, and getting better. Um, the worst thing you could do is probably tell someone they played terribly, they dropped or... They're not being committed, all that kind of stuff, and then go right. I've done it now. See you later. You know, kind of stuff. Just, you know, in my mind, I've brushed it. I've done it. I've done the hard conversation. That that that's the worst thing that I could possibly do. I think because it just shows you don't care, and it shows you you're not actually invested in that individual or or the feedback you've given them. Um, and I think the more you can stick to your word and go right, we 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 know where we're at. This is how we're going to do it, and then actually following through with it and just constantly going. You know constantly every week or every session, you know going back to what we said, and oh look now we're showing improvement, praise is pretty important there, you know that we're moving in the right direction um probably the difficult ones are you've you've told them you know you've agreed with it, and then they don't go away and do it, and it's like well, now we're in a difficult position, you know kind of stuff you know we've got a decision to make here, those are probably the more harder ones to have yeah it's a it's a loop uh, here's here's what we want to achieve
0: this is why we're not achieving it this is why you're not achieving it. Um, and that's the brutal bit. And then the next bit is how can you? You've said it several times. How can we work on moving forward together on this? And that's that's the important bit at the end. And nobody nobody likes feedback uh, because they feel it is um, it's in some way making them less of a person. Because everyone builds uh, is, is developing their confidence and they have a self image. So it's important that we can then help them see, what, well, how can we move forward? And that's exactly the message, uh, which is very clear, is that, in a sense, the difficult part is not the the conversation. It's the, it's right, how do we rebuild and uh, take, take us forward from there? So uh, I'm going to sort of finish off with, um, uh, it's not really a, a coach's question, more a director of rugby question. And I'm fascinated by this. Uh, should the bench... Be paid as much as the starters.
1: Yeah, hundred um, percent. You know that—that's my philosophy. As uh, the culture is uh, number one. You know the way you treat people, and I think it's incredibly important. And it's something that you now brought in at, at very right when I started is is everyone's on the same contract. Everyone gets paid the same, regardless if you're on the bench or you're starting. Um, you know, and, and if you play a certain amount of games, you get a bonus. So it incentivizes people to continue to play in the first team and you end up with the the more consistent and better performing players getting paid more when actually they're on the same contract as a, a second team fringe player kind of stuff. So uh, it's incredibly important from a you know perspective, you know, and from an out, you know, outside look is that, well, this is how we do things. We're a selfless environment. We're a commitment-based culture. Boom. This is what it is on the tin. Um, you know so it's it's incredibly important for me and and I think you know being involved with the, the match day twenty as as we have um that that should be something rather than just the 15 you know if you've been dropped to the bench you've probably just got a different role or we're we're managing bodies or you know we want to go with a different game plan this week it doesn't mean you've necessarily performed poorly it's just how we want to mix things up and you know tailor it to the to the week. So I think that needs to be reflected in the how, what what the subs are perceived as and payment and all that kind of stuff is is, is really important for those for those things for me anyway um but yeah that, that, that I think it's gone very well and and you know I think everyone's you know bought into that and actually you see the players coming off the bench and giving it a little bit more you know and 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 performing a little bit better and Uh, There's also the other side of it as well. There's nothing worse than having an injury in the first five minutes and someone coming off the bench and playing 75 minutes and getting paid half (laughs) than the guy who just came off you know, for five minutes. That happens quite a lot as well. So, um, yeah, that's how I see it, really. And
0: how do you... um, If someone's not doing well... uh, I mean, famously, Eddie Jones wasn't uh, afraid to take players off. Even after about 15, 20 minutes... uh, do you do that or do you say oh, we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt?
1: Depends, really. Um, I've definitely done it this year. I've definitely, you know, pulled players off before half-time. Um, You know, I, I definitely will not be in the first, you know, <laughs> 20 minutes or so where people, everyone makes mistakes. It's mm. probably the reactions from that that are pretty important and telling to me if they're committed to this game or if they're really in it. Um, and it's pretty, it's pretty obvious to me. Sometimes when a player isn't, you know, when they're not fully in it and it's like, right, we, we need to change things up here. We need to, there's no point waiting until Tuesday and, and going, well, you know, it will, let, let's try and fix it now or this is what I can do to fix it. Um, we're, we're quite lucky that we get 10 rolling subs so you can come on and off. Um, So sometimes I'll pull a player off and go, right, OK, but you're going to go back on. You know, you probably were, weren't quite at it there, but you're going to come on in the last 20 minutes again. So... You know, have a think about what that kind of means, and and that's worked quite well as well for me. Um, but yeah, it's probably one of those where you mistakes happen. You know, you, mistakes happen, and sometimes a lot of mistakes happen. It's, it's probably around the reaction of the individual. You know, are they going to throw themselves at everything when they've made a mistake, or they're just going to roll over and and get the bellies tickled? You know, kind of stuff. So <laughs> uh, you know, that, that that's how I kind of see it. Um, and it's pretty obvious for a coach standing there on the sideline which way it's going to go well Jacob
0: you've been very honest uh, well perhaps brutally honest but I don't think you've been brutally honest um uh in what you've said and it's it's fascinating to hear um how much experience you've you've got even after only a sh- only short period of time and that obviously comes from hard work and listening and developing and uh perhaps another time we can chat about um what you think you have got wrong and how, how you've changed it. But uh, in, in the meantime, it's been, it's a great story anyway. And, um, you know, good luck with uh, the, the summer of uh, recruitment and building and developing. Uh, really enjoyed that. Um, so thank you very much for your time. Brilliant. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. Good. Well, I, it's been, it's been fascinating. Uh, and uh, obviously it, it fits in nicely with the, Uh, the chat I had with your dad a few um, months ago so um, that was uh, Rugby Coach Weekly podcast if you want to find out more about uh, Jacob and Rugby Coach Weekly and all the podcasts then go over to rugbycoachweekly.net and click on the podcast button thank you very much for listening and we'll look forward to hearing from you all or look forward to speaking to you all very soon bye-bye
1: Thanks for listening to Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast. If you want to hear more podcasts, head over to RugbyCoachWeekly.net and click on the Blogs tab to catch up on any episodes you've missed. We look forward to speaking to you again soon with more insights from coaches and experts from the world of rugby, sport, and learning.